Welcome back to my Bible study podcast, From Hevel to Eternity. I'm Brian, and this week we're going to take a little break from our current mini-series. So we've been working through the books of Ecclesiastes and Philippians concurrently, and we've really been looking to unpack questions about identity and joy. So as we've been doing that for a handful of weeks, we're going to keep doing that again. We're going to pick up again next week. But for right now, we're just going to switch things up. And so we're going to cover a couple psalms this week. Today, specifically, we're going to read through and chat through Psalm 25. And then Thursday, the plan is to provide an overview of the longest psalm in the Bible, Psalm 119. So Psalm 25 is a psalm by King David of Jerusalem. It is a worship song and a prayer for humble obedience and growth and protection. So there are really four main points that I'm going to try and underline in this psalm. There is an upward focus and a worshipfulness that radiates out of this psalm. Number two is that there is an encouragement toward faithfulness and obedience. Number three is that there is a humble willingness to be taught and to be grown by God from the psalmist. Then number four is that there is an expression of identity that is centered around God and around trusting in God in this psalm. So I pray that as we lean into Psalm 25, we could be directed toward greater worship of our God and a deeper desire for obedience to him. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come to those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. They will spend their days in prosperity, and their descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how numerous are my enemies and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Do not let me be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope, Lord, is in you. Deliver Israel, O God, from all their troubles. Psalm 25, New International Version. (music) 
So we'll start with this upward focus and this worshipfulness that radiates out of the psalm. You really get an emotion from David, who's crying out to a great and awesome God. Some fragments from this psalm. To you, Yahweh, do I lift my soul. My God, I have trusted in you. Show me your ways, Yahweh. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth. You are the God of my salvation. Your tender mercies, your loving kindness. That phrase shows up a couple times. Your goodness. For your name's sake, I will take refuge in you. I will wait for you. Like These are phrases of worship. Phrases of recognition of who our God is. And they're pointed upward toward him. And if you're a Christian, then I think that these statements need to be good reminders to us today. Why do we lift our soul to our God? Because our God is trustworthy and true. Our God is father and teacher. Our God is full of tender mercies and loving kindness. Our God is the true measure of goodness. Our God is the source of our salvation. And because of all of these statements, we can wait for and take refuge in our God. So if you're not a Christian, then I humbly ask that you soften your heart to hear the words of this psalm out of the Bible, out of this singular story about God's plan to redeem sinful man, which centers on a singular person, Jesus Christ, who was fully God and fully man, who lived a perfect life, died on the cross bearing our sins, but was raised on the third day, and who is coming back. This Jesus who offers salvation to all who place their faith in him, a right relationship with God, and the gift of eternal life with God. When all of us read this psalm and hear of the tender mercies and the loving kindness of God, is our first thought the material gifts that God has given us? Or is our first thought of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross dying for our sins? See, we can trust God the Father because he sent God the Son to do exactly what was promised in Scripture. And scripture goes on to state that all of the promises of God find their yes through Jesus. So there's an encouragement toward faithfulness and this encouragement toward being obedient that's found throughout the psalm. And there's also this humble willingness to be taught and to be grown by God from the psalmist. Like the psalmist wants to be grown. He's recognizing that God is the teacher. He's recognizing that he needs to be taught by God. The psalm declares that a humble willingness to listen and to learn, that can produce the faithfulness and produce that obedience that he's talking about. He says, he will guide the humble in justice, that God will teach the humble his way. Show me your ways, Yahweh, teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. So the psalm also does, I think, a great job of underlining that part of humility is accepting and acknowledging who we are, flaws and all. He says, turn to me and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. Like David calls himself desolate and afflicted. These are humbling words to somebody who's open-handed and being honest and and just humble before God. So all of this sort of marries with the idea that we've discussed in our Ecclesiastes Philippians series about the concept of fear of the Lord. David even says in this psalm, what man is he who fears Yahweh? He shall instruct him in the way. 
The friendship of Yahweh is with those who fear God. Like you cannot submit to God as savior and teacher without acknowledging first that you are in desperate need for a savior and a teacher. And that kind of wraps everything up in this fear of the Lord that produces obedience. David says, good and upright is Yahweh, therefore he will instruct sinners in his way. David's recognizing that we all fall short, but there is one person, there's one God that does not fall short, who is good and who is upright and who is capable of instructing sinners, instructing all of us, all of humanity, in good and bad. So this is a core tenet of our Christian faith. Jesus was the perfect son of God who lived the perfect life that we cannot. So the last bullet that I'm highlighting today is that there is an expression of identity by David in this psalm, and that's centered around God and trusting in God. My God, I have trusted in you. My eyes are ever on Yahweh, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be disappointed, for I take refuge in you. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Like David has this dependence on God. He knows that he and the nation of Israel that he led, they existed only at the mercy of God. He's standing in the promised land that God had given them. Throughout the psalm, he asks for deliverance by God from his enemies. Don't let me be shamed. Don't let my enemies triumph over me. Bring me out of my distresses, he says. But he also asks for deliverance and forgiveness for his own sinfulness. Don't remember the sins of my youth nor my transgressions, he says. He also says, consider my affliction and my travail. Forgive all my sins. Like he is humbly reflective. He's seen who God is, he's seen who he is, and he knows that he needs to ask for forgiveness and to humbly obey. So read Psalm 25. Pray for an upward focus and a worship-filled heart. Pray to be pulled toward faithfulness and obedience. Pray for a humility that softens your heart and accepts the true word of God in a transformative way. And pray for an identity that is centered around God and that fully trusts in God. So thanks for listening to my little mini meditation on Psalm 25. It was a pretty short episode. So the initial full read of the psalm was from the New International Version, the NIV Bible Translation, copyright 2011 by Biblica Inc. All other Bible verses are from the World English Bible Translation, which is in the public domain. Next episode will provide an overview on Psalm 119, It's the longest psalm in the Bible. I think it's 172 verses, if I'm remembering right. We're not going to read the whole thing at all. We're just going to kind of give you an outline, a template, for if you wanted to sit down and start to unpack that psalm. Maybe one day in the podcast, we'll break that down and go over the different stanzas in the psalm in individual episodes. But for now, we're just going to lay a foundation. Until next time, I love y'all.